I used to watch what? the Bad Margera show. Oh, so did I. Margera. <laughs> I had my second ever sex to it. I would, I'd, 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 uh, I'd do some toast with margarine, and then I'd tune into Bam Margera. That's what. Uh, how? But yeah, but how? Hang on. Like, yeah, sorry, I got distracted. We should really tune into the sex thing. Please, please elaborate. Ever. Second ever. Yeah. Who counts? Beaver the Bam. Well, I, I remember it because specifically. We... <laughs> oh wait, it was like, hi, I'm Bam Margera, and this is fucking Riley in the ass. <laughs> It's three o'clock in the morning. Riley's fast asleep. He has no idea what's about to happen. <laughs> you know, it's um, I uh, this I'd remember it specifically because I thought it was sort of so unlikely, and that you would ever have sex. Well, yeah, obviously, and I was a huge fan of Jackass initially. It's like too huge a fan. Then I that. discovered Viva La Bam. Which is like, and you were like, "Nah, I'm sexual." <laughs> That's opened up a whole new portal in me. I was a, a teenage boy, world. and then now I want to, I've seen Don Vito get a fucking custard pie to his face, and now I want to fuck. Yeah, look, okay, are you saying I mean, you? If don't- there was a man that wanted to fuck, to be fair, it was Don Vito. Are you saying you don't look at Don Vito and get immediately stiffed up? Well, I think there's, there's some legal records that sort of go against that. There, because the point is, is that ultimately. I think Viva La Bam is the kind, it's, it's like an oyster or champagne or a, like a rhino horn. It's widely acknowledged to be an aphrodisiac. Right. Are you, are you, do you find now with like your adult sex life that you can't get off until you see like a fat guy get a baguette broken over his head or something like you have to have it on in the background because it was such a formative thing? <laughs> Like, I can't come until someone goes off a slightly too high ramp. Oh, I'm, I'm out of there. I can't finish. Until someone builds a ski course inside the house. Yeah. Footage of a car crash with Bam Margera crying next to it. That's the only way I can come. You can't get off unless there's that, that fear about, like, a bunch of old skateboarders are about to come and, like, burst into a room. <laughs> It's just like one day Riley is outside a primary school and the primary school has happened for some reason to be using compressed CO2 to fire tangerines at each other's asses. And then someone notices that Riley has a huge erection. They're like, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> How on earth would that ever happen? It's yeah, 2019, baby. Yeah, you fucked to Viva La Bam. Calm yeah. down. <laughs> Come on. Come this on. is just a new show entire. Stay fucking grounded, Milo. <laughs> Hello and welcome back again to this episode of TF, your free one for the week. Um, it's yeah. me, Riley. You may remember me from every previous episode of this podcast. We are joined by also Milo. It's me, your boy. This show is freer than the erection you get by watching Viva La Bam. <laughs> it's not free. You have to buy DVDs. It's not readily available online. I'm pretty sure it's torrentable. <laughs> I doubt that it's like, no, Viva La Bam is so good, no one would dare pirate it. <laughs> no one would besmirch Viva La Bam okay. by not paying the okay, money. Okay, challenge. At Alex Keeley with your favorite Viva La Bam clip. It's A-E-L-E-X-K-E-A-L-Y. And remember, do not include any context as to why you're sending him this. No, just at Alex Keeley with your favorite Viva La Bam clip. We're also here with Hussein. Hi, I haven't been, I haven't, I feel like I haven't recorded for a long time. Like live, and I feel, and that's because I've been doing an internship at Quillette, um, expanding my mind, measuring it too. They haven't told, they haven't told, they haven't told me why. They've just said, just give the numbers every morning, 
My my favorite album by Quillette, um, ex Coldplay, was The Race Scientist. Quillette set sets tentacion. <laughs> and we're also here with uh with Joel Golby, who you may have recognized from his many articles on Vice. That's it, many articles. And you paused before my name, didn't you? You had no idea how to. <laughs> and now we're here with uh, how to drop this bomb. Like I don't know. Yes, I've written many, many articles. Thank you. The, I've, heard, the, I've, heard, the, I've heard about him the from other people. Of not only many articles, but also... One, a, a one book. singular book. One book. Yes. One book. It is, it is called Brilliant, 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 Brilliant. It's a bitch to say, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I had to count it on my it's, fingers. It's bullshit. I it was quite inconsiderate it. of you to call it that, actually, Joel. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of, like, the joke is on me with this, because I'm the one who has to say it most. And also, actually, I was... I was writing it a lot over Christmas, like by hand. I don't know if you've ever written something by hand in the past five years, but it's an arse ache. And I had to write <laughs> that. And for some reason, like the, the particular strokes of that word are just quite hard on the wrist. That I have to do it like five times in a fucking row. It's tedious. I'm sick of it already. It's not even out. <laughs> anyway. No, mum, it's my writing that's hard on the wrist. I don't understand. <laughs> why why the, were you writing it by hand, by the way? Of course, the, the crucial essay at the start is about how both my parents are dead, so that's very tasteless of you to, to drop that joke in. What that really reveals is how little research I do about the guests, <laughs> more than anything else. Any case. <laughs> got, it got dark super early on this one. Oh, yeah, we really... We we really did uh, quite yeah. fuck that up. If early. this was the Spectator podcast, we would have looked into the current, you know, births, marriages, and deaths records of the guests. But this isn't. We don't have those kind of resources. Yeah, we spent all of our resources on getting actual audio equipment instead of uh, having Toby Young, Fraser Nelson, and then Julie Birchall share one mic, but then like ten lines. <laughs> um, look, I'm gonna I'm gonna crack right on with this because what I have done is I have assembled a show which what you might be called is for the ages. Um, it, has, it is the classic TF setup. We are starting with a product. Uh, we are moving on to a phenomenon. And then we are ending with something that's going to leave everybody very angry. Are we all ready to leap into that particular mess of content? First you get the product, then you get the phenomenon, then you get angry. <laughs> the three stages of 2019. Now you do a good score say about Mr. Jason Statham voice. Listen here, Cupcake. <laughs> I'm only here for three things. The product, the phenomenon, and to get really fucking angry. I really just if I don't it. get angry at a product phenomenon in the next 15 minutes, my heart is literally going to explode. All right, so the product I found for all of us today is probably the least useful one I have ever described. Um, the smalt, for example, at least it put salt on your food. That's true. Um, it was small. Yeah, it was. Uh, the that terrible drink from that house, like that bar. Um, at least you could drink it, and if you had enough of them, you'd presumably get drunk. This one, this one is different. It is called the Human Charger. Holy fuck, yes! What a start! What a beautiful name! What what panache! What bold! Is this a white coat company? <laughs> I, I wish it was. I wish the Human Charger could transition effortlessly. Uh, from the boardroom to the discotheca. And to be honest, maybe it can. But what's all our f- first impressions? Sounds like Matt Hancock's charger. sex name. <laughs> it sounds like it's like uh, an Italian-American kid. It'd be like it'd be like one of the like the minor mobsters kids in The Sopranos who it, like he he's like he's on the athletics team. He runs so fast. He's like a Dodge Charger. They call him the Human Charger. That's my boy. Yeah, push over that Dago. <laughs> 
Okay, so so far, um, we have something Matt Hancock said. Vito Spadafore is goth kid. <laughs> and he guesses it's the human charger. I mean, is, are you not just describing food? Is that not just it? Just fuel for a human? Is it like a new fuel thing? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Fuel but worse. That's fuel, my guess. Fuel but worse. Okay. Mm. All three are delightfully completely fucking wrong. <laughs> this is... Look, if I... We've had one episode where uh, we accidentally got it right the first try. Terrible. Very bad. We want to avoid that. You're all so wrong. Human charger, colon, blank in your pocket. I thought you were going to be like, the human charger. It's the colon. <laughs> the humble colon. <laughs> I don't want to live in a world without colons. Absolutely not. How then would you know when someone's beginning a list? No, it is, it is indeed blank in your pocket. It's a hole in your pocket through which you can wank. It's <laughs> what's more refreshing than a wank? Yeah, and you're in a get, you're in a public get you charged. Yeah, you're in a public park thinking about Viva La Bam, and is then it, suddenly, <laughs> is it a very very small flashlight? Almost. Oh, what? Almost what? for real? Oh, no, it mechanically different. Okay, um, all right. I went in a bit too much that time. Sorry. I was just genuinely shocked, but I got close to something. Okay. Yeah, you've, you've never come close before. Yeah, I've never come. Yeah, okay. yeah you know. Um, Calming is very bourgeois, I've decided. You need, need Viva Bab. <laughs> you do. That'll get you closer than you can imagine. <laughs> the human charger can be used to increase energy levels, improve mood, increase mental alertness, reduce the effects of jet lag. It's and definitely keep... a wank. You're describing <laughs> a wank at this point. Oh, no, it's, it's this cocaine. This is like a men's rights activist tag for a wank, okay, isn't it? Like, okay, guys, I'm, I'm charging up today. I've got, I've got an idea that's sort of related to which is but they are fancy wipes for your penis that like somehow that somehow like well like electrons on your dick electrolytes water but for your dick so like if you need to have a wank in public you don't have to use toilet paper anymore you can use these fancy wipes you don't want negative ions on that thing when you're wanking it you want positive charge right yeah it's not that yeah you want you want it to be very positive like a Tory on Instagram wow like Jason Statham in a certain role. <laughs> that joke only works if Nate edits it out. Yeah, <laughs> just for Nate that okay, one. Okay, I, I have one more for all of us because it's so it's oh god, it's really delightful. The human charger is a revolutionary device uh, for your well-being and channels blank directly to the blank sensitive regions of your blank. Right where it is needed the most. The, the annoying thing is, I know what this is, but it's now I'm not convinced because that sounds like a wanking machine. It really <laughs> so does. So now I started going like, well, I know what it is. It's fine. And now I'm like, well, in, in the week in between, I learned about the human charger. They've invented another human charger that wanks you off in playgrounds. <laughs> it channels Viva La Bam directly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Into the most sensitive areas of your eyes. It's, a, it's an iPad stuck to a flashlight playing Viva La Bab. <laughs> Absolutely. Look, some of us, some of us have a thing where, like, Viagra's just not effective. We need to see Don Vito try to carry a bunch of eggs home while Dave England fucks with him. Mate, I'm not here to kink shame. Yeah. Uh, the defendant would like it on record that they were, in fact, trying to uh, slap Bam's dad at three o'clock in the morning with a wet fish, <laughs> and therefore he believes they are. He was victim of diminished responsibility during the crime. Yo, Bam Margera absolutely could bla do a bunch of crimes, then blame Phil. They look identical now. <laughs> they, look they are the same person. He was smart. He was ahead of his time, and that's why people didn't like him. That's why people still feel threatened by him. <laughs>
Well, that's what I have noticed is like YouTube is kind of going back there, isn't it? Because yeah. it's all just pranks and dumb shit. And like, oh, is this old person actually old? Well, no, it's a young <laughs> person who spent eight hours in makeup. And like, yeah, it was a head. Like, if you if you bought it back now with, without any of the the death or the criminal charges, Jackass would be fine. It would fly. <laughs> well, it's like Viva La Bam would just be. Like Jake Paul being like, yo, social experiment. Yeah. We're going to put my brother in a shopping cart and send it down a hill. Yeah. Everyone's like, damn, that really says something about society. That's yeah. the thing is that no, Jackass no is so him. much be- was so much better than Jake than Jake Paul. Like those pranks were actually pranks, unlike Jake Paul's pranks, which were like, whoa, your hair looks bad. Joking. Pranked. Pranked. Or the well, then there's the other kind, which is like uh, we which is like. We like put someone in a prosthetic that makes them look like a homeless person without any legs that are bleeding profusely. We watched everyone walk by them, and it used to just be like, oh, yeah. that's like a, that's like one of those upworthy posts. Remember uh, upworthy? Uh, at thirty it, seconds, you'll smile. At two minutes, you'll cry. <laughs> Viva la bam! <laughs> <laughs> at thirty-four minutes, you'll come. <laughs> okay, I'm going to tell you what the human charger is. Invented in Finland. Human Charger is a bright light therapy device that has a unique and patented mechanism of action which stimulates the photosensitive proteins on the surface of the brain using a calibrated white light that passes through the ear canals. So it's basically wow. like a, an old iPod, but instead of playing like U2, it just shines like lasers in your ears. Yeah. I- yeah, why? Aren't the photosensitive proteins on the surface of your brain your eyes? Aren't, isn't that like don't you don't get to them through your ears? I'm pretty sure. I don't reckon you can see your brain through your ears unless I'm very mistaken. How yeah. deep is this going? How far have you got those earbuds in? <laughs> <laughs> I, I I mean, it's 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 it, there's quite a bit of it where it, it promises. Using the human charger for only 12 minutes a day can significantly increase your energy levels, which is of of course a scientific measurement uh, improve yeah. mood and increase your mental alertness Huge. just just by just by shining a bright light into your ear i mean if it did work i would want one but we know that it doesn't <laughs> well obviously well do we cuz it was it was from that times piece with all the the maniacs who like live a very clean sort of perfect life wasn't it is that where you got oh, it from well am, am i am i no. giving your citation away because well the thing is and I'll, I'll reveal this to the listener now if they want like a little peek behind the curtain into the sausage factory which is of course behind every piece of entertainment um that is where i found it and i was faced with the critical choice do we talk about the diary of the insane people and make fun of that or do we go product first and the more i read about the product the more i really just wanted to focus on that yeah that's because that was my main takeaway from the piece is like as soon as i got to the line like yeah wake up at like 5 a.m take a million vitamins do a meditative app shine a big laser in my ear for 12 years and then ph to test my piss i was like hold on weirdly the bit i'm interested in is the guy shining just a light bulb into his ear for no reason. Yeah. It was like, mm. obviously, because I have a high IQ, yeah. I'm going to shine a light in my ear to give myself like more alertness. Like, mm. you're, maybe you're not shining a light bulb in your ear because you're not as smart as me. 
but I'm very intelligent, so I'm going to do that. So this it'll is, make me even smarter. This is like Dr. Evil as an Instagram inspiration guy. Like, with the help of this laser beam, I am going to feel more motivated and energized. He did have a stifled voice. Listen, Cupcake. <laughs> with the help of shining this laser beam in my ear, I'm going to feel energized, motivated, and highly awake. But my heart will explode in 15 minutes. <laughs> if I don't shine a light in my ear. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay, sorry. Oh, that's light to my ears, that um, is. <laughs> can, we, can, we, can we please file this character under do frequently, which is wellness Jason Statham and Crank? Oh, Goop yes. Statham. <laughs> Jason, Crank 3, goop. Amazing. <laughs> Steam your vagina over a toilet. <laughs> in the next 15 minutes, my heart will explode. Excuse me, sunshine. Have I done yoga before? You have this job because I've done yoga before. The Chinese, look, the Chinese fucking mafia has put one one millionth of a part per million of poison into my veins. If I don't, if I don't keep my adrenaline up, I assume I'll explode. My guru said you so. You sound like Bob and, Geldof yeah, and, and his and his <laughs> co-star Dick for, Van Dyke. I've lived Give in us this, your fucking crystals. <laughs> I've lived in this country for eight years. Why can't I do a British accent? Mate, I'm Jason Statham, and I'm here to say this. Him, uh, I'm the got, number one rapper in a major way. Explode, mate! <laughs> it is. If I don't, thank you early. If you don't shock my heart in the next fifteen minutes, it's gonna fucking explode, mate. So, did you guys know? That each human cell synchronizes its activity with the sun, which to me sounds like something a scientific paper would say. Uh, <laughs> the main energy source for most life forms on Earth, but technically not all. <laughs> Apart from Toby Young. Yeah. <laughs> but it's not always possible to enjoy the full daylight in our daily lives. Today, modern lifestyles can include working more indoors, or being a mole, <laughs> shift work, or long distance travel. This, as well as changes of the seasons. I know, like, they think that there's no one who wasn't exposed to sunlight before, like people who worked in mines. Or like, yeah, but who was exposing their fucking inner ear to it? Like, come on, wake up, you have your, your bread yeah. and gruel, a woman knocks on your window with a stick, you get up, you go to the mine, but uh, just crank the old ear hole open towards the sun for 12 minutes before yeah. you go in. That's how you think. This is why this product has a kind of British vibe to it, because I think if it was an American product more so, it would be like more like NASA developed this product for use by people on submarines <laughs> and now you can do it too. <laughs> oh no, because then it lets you feel like a troop. Oh yeah. Because yeah. then you're like, yeah, I'm it's like it, this this is the exact same kind of person who is like sort of, you know, bordering on morbidly obese, but has gotten all of their bulletproof vests like taken out so that they can still wear them when they do their voluntary citizens <laughs> patrols on the Mexican Getting. border, and subsist entirely on, like, rations. I'm going to be honest, If I'm, like, five years away from being at the point where if you go, a sniper does this, I'll be like, <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm sold. If you're like, <laughs> snipers shine a little light in their ear before they do every kill shot, I'm like, okay, get me the weird iPod, <laughs> shine it into my head, I need it. <laughs> I'll, t- I'll tell you who probably does tilt their ear to the sun every morning. Oh, fucking hell. Uh, Brendan O'Neill? Well, probably. I was, I was, but Brendan's friends more like the, uh, the border police, at the voluntary, the voluntary border police at Dover, <laughs> at Dover, uh, who stand on the white cliffs of Dover. 
yeah. <laughs> it's like, look, how are you going to spot a a boat full of desperate people fleeing genocide coming over the of, over the English Channel unless you have like the the energy of the sun? They're basically Captain Planet, but for nationalism. It's like it's like what it's like what my friend Faze Faze Banks once said. <laughs> Sorry, his full name Faisal Banks. <laughs> Faisal Banks. Uh, Faisal uh, Banks from the Majid. Uh, better to have a boat full of friends than. <laughs> Better to have a boat full of people traffickers who love you than a sea full of sharks who are hungry as fuck. He did, he did, he did the joke better than I did. Oh, fuck's sake. <laughs> That's why we have Milo on. Beautiful, <sighs> yeah. Here's the thing. I feel like if it was just me and you doing the show, it'd probably just be like Pod Save America. Yeah, it would be. I no, like I'd, be, yeah. I'd be John Favreau and John Lovett, yeah, Lovitz. Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah. you'd Who's be the, other one? Uh, the Republican one, Tommy. Oh, Papa great. John. Oh. <laughs> 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 t- no, when Papa John finally swears off saying slurs, he takes the H out of his name, which is how you know that you're a Democrat, as if you're J-O-N. Ah, what, like the guy from uh, Garfield? Uh, no, that's... Oh, yeah, John. Yeah, dude, John, okay, of course John's a Democrat. He's constantly getting fucked with by Garfield. <laughs> Garfield is Trump. Is, is that Ginger. a Democrat thing? Cats fucking with you. Look, I the, don't know what the political race is like over there at the moment. Uh, the main Democrat thing, as far as I'm aware, seems to be just forever being relentlessly humiliated by forces beyond your control, but that you feel like you should be in control of. Okay. So we just return to the sublime phrase, which was the main Democrat thing, as far as I'm aware. <laughs> All right. So I have some more science here. Um, you don't. Did, well, I have some. So you got some more claims. Say that some, on the subject claims. of Pizzagate. Here is some more science. <laughs> <laughs> um, the skulls of large animals. Oh, it, no. in- yeah, <laughs> <a nice> science <laughs> fact. Go on. Tell me about yeah. skulls. Animal <laughs> phrenology. The skulls of large mammals, including humans, actually let light pass through naturally, and in ordinarily ordinary daylight in daytime conditions, the brain is constantly exposed to light. Wow. Is this a crystal skull wow. thing? <laughs> How could a skull let light through? Indiana Jones and the phrenology skull. I'm, wi- I'm willing to be disproved, but if you put a fucking torch yeah. up against a head, it's yeah. not going through there, is no, it? I've never been sunburned on the brain. Depends on what race <laughs> the person is. But you're not ginger, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> the Irish, According, the first that, slaves. That, you know, that, that's, that's, what I learned, ginger, that's what I learned from all my readings of Quillette, because I like expanding my political knowledge. I like you know, finding middle grounds with people, expanding conversations. And that's what I learned. I learned that different ra- people of different racial heritage let different amounts of light into their brains. Yeah, absolutely. Just doing an Instagram live stream of me being thrown out of the zoo for measuring the skulls <laughs> of the animals saying, truly, we do live in the world of 1984. <laughs> Look, you can't say that, you can't say that the zebras have a perfect 100 IQ because of race science. <laughs> Trying to establish who the white people of animals are. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably cats. Okay, so here here's where the science comes in. Right, close your laptop. It's a race hate zoo episode right. now. Who's the white people and animals? Right. Let's go. Let's fucking okay. go. Come Let's on. go. We're gonna do the research. We're gonna decide who the white people of animals are. Who do you think the white people of animals are? At Alex Keeley with your suggestions. I think owls. No, no, not owls. I no, think, no, I no, think no. Cats... owls are the Asians of animals. Right, 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 cats yeah. is a fair shout because essentially it can't be an animal that's like killed a lot. Like it can't be a farm animal because we kill the yeah. fuck out of them. They yeah. they yeah. get a raw deal. We we pander to cats. 
Cats are super ungrateful. Time, do they? Because of the, of the expression "guinea pigs." Because we we drop a load of makeup on them. Oh. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Okay, well let's let's get the what the Joker would say out of the way, so we don't waste time with it. The Joker would say humans, obviously. Yeah. Whoa. Right. Whoa. Right. Okay. So Whoa. can we just say admit that's what the Joker would say and move past it? I, we live in a society. I mean, yeah, that's we all do. Say, really. Apparently, we're like like the. I mean, realistically, like. The, the, when the Bloodhound Gang and the Joker sang that song, "You and Me, Baby, We Ain't Nothing But Mammals," it was really more about how uh, uh, how humans are the white people of animals because we fuck with everyone else sort of so much and to such an injustice extent. You know how I got these scars? <laughs> I'm actually a shark wearing a skin suit. <laughs> <laughs> the Joker is Faze Banks' is worst enemy. <laughs> But <laughs> you're in a room full of jokers. <laughs> oh, Yo, okay, thank come on. God this is just a room full of jokers, not a room full of sharks, because okay. that would be really bad. Come on, Phase Joker is too powerful of an idea. <laughs> we cannot, we cannot explore that more. Wait, do Statham Joker? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Cupcake, you know how I got these scars. It was because hundreds of electric shocks I have to administer to myself every day. <laughs> no, come on! It was because he doesn't. He didn't get something inside of fifteen minutes. Oh, oh yeah. don't put a pencil in your eye. <laughs> 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 See, that's the secret to writing. Look, maybe okay. that's it. Tell me <laughs> after I've written a book. Go on. <laughs> The Joker couldn't. The problem is the Joker couldn't see what he was doing because not enough light was penetrating um, Gamble's skull. That's Whoa. it. And he put a pencil there without seeing what he was doing. Really, it's a metaphor for business. If you don't blow up that other boat in the next 15 minutes, the other boat's going to blow you up. <laughs> this is a much more complicated film than the previous <laughs> in the Crank series. <laughs> <laughs> and somehow my art is involved as yeah. well. <laughs> oh, one of these boats needs to blow up. I don't care which one, but in the next 15 minutes. See, okay, like, number one, did we discover what what is the white people of animals? Not necessarily. Did we discover that... Is it that Jason ba- Statham? Well, obviously. I mean, that's what I was building to, Milo. Thank you. But we've discovered that Batman Begins is Crank 3, which I think Whoa. is real forward movement for all of us. Amazing. Wait, no, that, that's the Dark Knight. Batman Begins is where it's like the, the insanity gas in the, in the water supply. Oh, you're right. Oh, no, come on, with with Chillian Murphy. That, mate. Come on. Uh, okay. Yeah. Um, Chillian Murphy, a famous first, a descendant of the first Irish slaves. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Built the pyramids. Okay. Look um, it up. <laughs> okay, here's, here's, my, here's my thinking of what White, what, what animals are white people? I can't believe we're still on this, but yeah. Yeah. I think it might. I think it might be. I think it's pretty obvious to me that it's the hippopotamus. How? Because, I mean, the hippopotamus, first of all, lives in Africa, which I've not done a lot of research about, but I feel is not, not predominantly inhabited by white people. No. Or we're we not going on those kind of grounds. No, no of, it's like, more of a spiritual thing. Okay. Okay. It's also like semi-aquatic. Yeah. Because it's like a room full of sharks. <laughs> the hippo actually kills more people than the shark. So really, Face Banks is worried about the wrong group. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's a woke definition. Okay. So now I'm an SJW. Is this Whoa. another quiz? We have to guess why you think hippos are white. Um, no, I'm trying to work it out as we go. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Uh, and and that and they like the subject of the third segment of this uh, podcast are quite sort of famously very portly and ruin the mm. lives of most of the people that they come across. 
Um, is that is that mm, true? Can we say? Can we libeling him? Can the promises sue us? Okay, I've got I've got one. I've got one. Right, dogs, like domestic dogs. I know it's like a really basic one, but it's definitely like one. By Allah, you people are yes. By votes, right? Because dogs love cops. Okay. Right. Yes. 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 Dogs. Good. Largely useless. Don't really contribute that much to like any sort of animal kingdom. No. But like to take credit for doing so. Like some of them are in the royal family. You know that? Yeah. Yeah. You know that dog that tried to start a fight in that zoo? Like some family like took their dog to a zoo and like the dog just ran after these animals. So to measure their skulls. To try. Did someone get that? But also like to just try start fights with them for like no reason. The dog was like a British dad. It was like, you fucking want some? I'll have you, you giraffe cunt. It's like it's like it's like those guys who just go to like Ibiza or like Magaluf and like on the day two of their lads' holiday they they start fights with like some massive Greek guys. Um. Always ends badly, but the next morning they're like, "Yeah, I could have fucking taken him." I was just like pissed out of my head. I could have fucking taken him. Could have fucking taken him. Better to be on a lads' holiday of full of people that love you than on a, <laughs> oh. than on a Greek <laughs> island full of sharks, hungry as fuck. And 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 dogs are constantly about to get into fights, but always held back by their friends and family. Yeah, it's not worth oh, it. Man. Yeah. Oh yeah. I think you've done. Yeah. It. I yeah. think we got it. Also, why people love dogs? They love dogs. They love dogs more. Than their own kids sometimes. Facts. Oh, damn. Real facts. All right. I, the amount of people that I know who have like gone to uni and they've come back and the parents have been like, yeah, we gave your room to the dog so you have to sleep on the sofa. Far wow. too many for like to be in a normal society for, for like uni, any sort of normal society. So, Jesus Christ. I went, I, went, I went to a normal Russell group uni with lots well, of people. It doesn't sound normal, but for dog people. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So like, People of dog, please. You know, you, you, <laughs> sorry, you, sorry, sorry, sorry. It's, it's, sorry, it's, it's the, an old-fashioned term. Yeah. Sorry, it's it's the Christian rock band POD. <laughs> um, universities are weird places, but York University was a very particularly weird place. Okay, that's what I'm going to say. Okay. I, th- I mean, I think we solved a very important problem today. Yeah. What animals are white people? And it's dogs. <laughs> yeah. Although I also took from Hussein's me- metaphor that white people love white people so much that they love white people more than white people. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Good. Yeah. Fine. Fact yeah, check that. I'm glad we. Yeah. You got it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Checkmate, Ben Shapiro. All right. All right. Pull it. All right. Pull it a fact. Come for us. How many Pinocchios are you going to give us for that giant whopper? Yeah. At, at what? What? What's that guy? The five thirty eight guy, Nate Silver. Nate at, Silver. At, at Nate Silver. Yeah. See if you can regression see. test my dick, you bitch. <laughs> um. So between 2008 and 2010, <laughs> back to the human charger. Researchers at the university. Are we still on that? Oh, are we, we still so on that? are. Because <laughs> this, this is one of the funny bits. <laughs> This is actually one of the funny wow. bits. It relates to what we've been saying about how like um, dogs and humans have a real bond with one another, where they're just friends yeah. that never let one another go. White people from animals was uh, white. The white people of animals was like a bonus round on Crash Bandicoot. It can take ages, but then you come back out and you remember you're still in the middle of another level. It's like so, trippy. Researchers at the University of Aulu, uh, which is also in Finland, which is also where all of these people come from, and which they all know one another. That would explain their obsession with getting sunlight through every hole in their body. <laughs> discovered the presence of photoreceptor proteins on the surface of the brain, similar to those which exist in the eye. Um, following further research, it was proven by these same researchers that light can also reach these areas of the brain through the ear canals, the tissue of the ear, and skull. Which is very cool that all of these people are friends with a guy who makes a product that puts light into your ears to penetrate your brain, where apparently it's very effective. I just want to live a life where, like, going outside for, like, 12 minutes in daylight is less practical than buying a $300 iPod that just shines a laser into my ear. 
And if we want to hear about practicality, I've actually, I have pulled a little bit from the article where we talk about its use. Brilliant. And oh, I love it. I love, I love no fewer than four things about this selection. I'm just going to before he gets to work. This is just when he wakes up to before he gets to work, the lifestyle diary of someone who uses the human charger, which, who boy, is a doozy. Yeah. 39 years old, founder and CEO of NeuroWeb Marketing, a digital marketing agency, and founder of the Hyperbaric Oxygen Therapy Center, both of which are located in central London. Ryan Dunn. <laughs> yeah, yo, this is Ryan, my name's Ryan Dunn, and this is the Hyperbaric Oxygen Therapy Center. How did Ryan Dunn really die? Admit it. <laughs> Admit it. The fake news media won't tell us the truth. Seven. He was tested the chamber. He was seeing how far he could push it. How injured can I get, and the chamber can bring me back? <laughs> Yo, Bab's been doing it for years. You I'm gonna shine this laser into my dick hole. Yo, my name's Johnny Knoxville, and I'm getting my dick bitten by a snake in the hyperbaric oxygen chamber. 7.45 a.m. I wake up having had, on average, 7 hours and 41 minutes of sleep. I've analyzed my sleep over the past four years, and I know this is the perfect amount for me. I turn on the near-infrared light at the end of my bed and sit there for seven minutes meditating to focus my mind for the day ahead. Hold on, so that's a different light that he shines before he yes. shines light in his ears? Yes, he has multiple lights. Okay, cool. Fine. All of the lights, all of the lights. So this is, this is, sorry, this is Kanye. safe and voice. <laughs> all of the lights, all of the lights. <laughs> It, go, it gets very like Metallica if you do it in the Statham voice. We all know that all of heavy metal music is just the average of Jason Statham and um, Kanye West, obviously. Do we know that? Well, clearly. You've now we do. It. Yeah, is this, now is this like hippos being the white people of animals again? Look, we're, is this just, what, you just say some shit and it makes us have to disprove it. Is that what you do? <laughs> is that the whole podcast? Yeah. You say yes. something so dumb, we're like he's kicked basic, into he's action. Just, he's basically just an internet debate guy. Like He's one of those guys <laughs> that will just come on Twitter and be like, like water is a source. <laughs> And just, prove right. it. just disprove it. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, if you go to an eel and pie house, that's basically what fucking liquor is. It's just bad water, as best I can tell. Yeah. Our Empire it, House? No, it's eel and pie house. You know their liquor? You know, you. Pie oh, eel and pie house. Pie mash oh, and. Yes. Liquor. Okay. Yeah. I've, never, I've never had that before. I, know, I, but live like it's the, on my t- I live yeah. over the road from one. I went there you, for the first time two weeks ago. How was it? Bad. Yeah, it's I shit. It. It's, yeah, it's, it's really. Why it's would not, you eat an eel? It's not for me. It's dog no, shit. And bad. liquor is, as best I can tell, is water that you've possibly uh, slowly boiled some eels in. You thicken it up a little bit like a roux to make it sort of quite thick water, uh, like with a bit of flour, and then you bang a load of parsley in it. So it's sort of like a, a sort of, uh, I, I would say, a, a sort of parsley yeah. snot. Thick yeah, water. It's really Dove bad. advert water. And then quite frequently, Real water. any pie with which liquor is served has like just nothing in it. It's just sort of crust. It's ma- mainly crust, and then they have a, a, a little bit of mince that someone invented in like the 1800s that they're yeah. still doing that way. That's yeah. their thing. But the problem, can I tell you the real problem with the pie and mash place on my street, which this please, is the degree. Please don't! <laughs> no, how did we get onto this? I hate to be the guest here, but like, <laughs> this has gone too far. No, 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 no. I want to hear it. It's going to get edited out because this oh, no. is a bit where he goes really Nate, classist. Nate, yeah. The people who eat the pies, that's yeah. the real problem. No, no, no. no it's going yeah. the opposite direction. The pie like in scum with their water source. <laughs> The, the, crab crab it. It's the problem is because I live on Broadway Market, um, 
the Elon pie shop over the road from me is a Wednesday nights only premium gin bar also, which is really bad. That's the problem. I wish I wish it wasn't. What, like people drinking gin? But do they make the gin out of eel also? No, but hold on, hold on. What's the clientele? This is the crucial point because during the day, people eating pie, mash, yeah. horrible liquor, very normal sort yep. of salt of the earth London people. Yep. I mean, it's, it's a whole breadth of people basically, but it, it caters for everyone because it's a very cheap price point. Gin cunts who come out on a Wednesday night, different crowd. Different crowd. And they're quite unbearable, I tend to find. Oh boy, yes. And Broadway Market ones as well. I know very Broadway worst. Market, that's the fancy one. Yeah. Are they, it's are very those... funny about Broadway Market. You, you said Broadway Market and Salt of the Earth people. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it's still technically an old old East, East London stronghold. Am I wrong? I mean, the last time I went down to like your <laughs> to where you live in Broadway Market, um, I would not describe the people there in that way. But that's just me. I mean, a lot of them probably have uh, spent yeah. ten pounds on a little box of salt called Salt of the Earth that they like put on stuff to yeah, rejuvenate. But that, okay, them. but that's the good salt. That's mm. the Saturday morning market salt. So I understand that. But like d- yeah. during the week, it's just a normal street. It, yeah, it well, just it, I find yeah. Broadway Market is like one half is like. Uh oh, gentrified London, and then the other half is like, oh, remember the old days? Like, remember violence? <laughs> <laughs> and so in between the good there, old days of vinyl and when the national I was front. your age, this was all violence, <laughs> <laughs> as far as the eye could see. That's what they all had northern accents back then. That's another yeah, thing yeah. that's changed. Yeah, People they, don't realize. They beat those out of them. Yeah. No, it's not a northern accent. It's an olden times accent. It's just oh, that so the no, north is still in the olden times. <laughs> Hello, I'm Jason Statham, and I'm here to talk about what it used to be like when I was growing up in the East End. It was all different then. You couldn't buy smoked mold and sea salt. Do you even know what the fuck that was? You had to go and eat eel and pie and gin. Gin made of eels and pie made of gin. That was all you could have then. It's all different now. Fucking changed around here, it has. Anyway, it's it's one of the worst elements of Broadway Market. Okay. Well, uh, Elon yeah. Pie Shop, good. Elon Pie Shop, good. But like the kind of people who think Electro String is still good, bad. We've been recording for 40 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> That's what edits this, right? Tell me. We've not even gone through the <laughs> first God. segment. <laughs> okay. 8.20. I turn on my human charger. He's still doing the human charger. <laughs> he, got, he got what you said. Went back into it. Unbelievable. Tell me about the human charger, mate. finish it. You know why? I'm going to get through this because there's a point I have to get to. Which is going to be very fun. Nate, don't edit this episode at all. Nate, Nate the people deserve nothing. to know. <laughs> a device that looks like an iPod and the earpiece that shines light directly in the mirror to, ear to give me energy. While I'm having my coffee, I fill out a spreadsheet containing a bunch of facts about my piss. I'm skipping that. And I'm yeah. going directly to 9.15. I leave the flat and I fist bump the concierge. Yeah. Because I'm a man of the people I've, who has a concierge. I've fist bumped him every morning for four years that I've lived in this flat. I like to make people smile and feel valued. Damn. That's solidarity right. of the working class right there. That, that is like, that's like something David Cameron would do at a photo op. Like, it just, I'm just going to fist bump this guy. Vote for me. Thank you. It's Dave. That might not have been very funny, but you have to admit it is true. He would absolutely. That is something. No, no, it's good. Just prove you there. Cameron is the exact type to see a fist, put a hand around it because he was going for the handshake and he couldn't make his mind up. 
Yep. I think David Cameron's a bit more aware. He's quite slick. No, he'd be coached. Mm. He's just David like David Cameron would be coached. He's had a fist bump lesson, hasn't he? David Cameron yeah, yeah, has. Yeah, that's yeah. a fact. I've never thought pounds. about that. Not He's too had... hard, David. That's a punch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to Prescott this, okay? <laughs> we don't put our dick in it. It's not a pig. We just go for the bump very gentle and then back out again. Practice I, one more time. I, Practice on Sam. Pig. I, what I really want to see is David Cameron trying to, like, explode the fist bump too early, and it's like, no, 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 David, we walk before we can run. Someone freedom yeah. of information request this. <laughs> just just find it out. What if they got all the Tories in a room and just taught them we know, fist bump? We, we yeah. did a whole thing with, like, the Tory... You know, like, at one of the Tory conferences, they all, like, stood in that weird way, like they were yeah, Tekken yeah, characters. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. 2015. And, yeah, and it was, like, so... Some newspaper was like, yeah, they definitely hired, like, some sort of media consultant who suggested that this should be the pose because it would be the best way to take a certain kind of shot. But the problem was that the, the cameras that were taking pictures of them were taking them, taking pictures of them at um, the angle that they didn't expect. A variety of angles, essentially. Right. So they all just looked like Tekken characters because this camera was like not in, the, not in the position they expected them to be. But that ultimately showed that like they did... They did, uh, because just like Tories do, they did outsource like all their kind of media... Yeah ops training to someone but I don't know who that someone is all we can take from this is that it's better to have a room full of poster coaches who love you than a room full of photographers hungry as fuck <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and and here's I'm gonna finish I'm gonna wrap this this segment with this I usually get an uber to wa- work or walk I try to limit the number of ubers I get as of course they're generally electric cars which have electromagnetic fields. Yeah, that's the real problem we've taken yeah. to many Ubers. You yeah. just it's like it's, <laughs> yeah. it's negative electrons that get on your dick and you've got to get the positive that's what I say to people. Yeah. You have to rub it off with activated charcoal yeah, wipes. Yeah, yeah. I prefer like, to get a steam powered Uber, that's mine. <laughs> it's too bloody electric this car. Yeah. <laughs> give me give me petrol any yeah. day. No, honestly, if you said I have an Uber that's powered with activated charcoal, people would pay quite a bit for it. Yeah, in my opinion. I just imagine this guy being like, "Petrol, that's a clean burn. Doesn't produce anything that can be bad for the health." <laughs> well, if he's inside the car, it's fine. He's not huffing from the exhaust. But a whole Prius vibrating at your chi, absolutely. Oh, no. nightmare. <laughs> no, that's a thank re- you. That's a recipe for lymphoma. <laughs> no, Apparently, though, it. you do get exposed to more car fumes when you're sat inside a car than when you're walking along the side because also you get fumes inside the car that aren't picked up that like come out of I the guess, engine bay. Nah, not here. He's Did got a special just, light he does yeah. up his nostrils. <laughs> I, I just realised something, though. If he's in an Uber that is electric-powered and he's getting just these consistent electric shocks for his whole... Journey to work. He's basically living the Jason Statham <laughs> crank <laughs> lifestyle, right? Crank, crank two. Yes, it is, Sunshine. If I don't get a fist bump in the next 50 <laughs> seconds, I wake up at 7 15 a.m. and I hook some electrodes to my nuts. <laughs> Similar. <laughs> and then I watch Viva La Bam. <laughs> <laughs> Similarly, the tube is filthy and not good for your health. It's, it's, it's absolutely. Uh, it's this like, man's uh, got a filthy tube, but that's what I'm hearing. <laughs> 10am. When I arrive at the office, I fist bump every member of the team. 15 in total. That's a lot of fist bumps. It would get very annoying to fist so bump that many so people. So he doesn't want to be on the tube because he thinks it's dirty, but fist bumping 15 people <laughs> yeah. who have probably taken public transport because they can't afford Ubers every day. <laughs> That's fine. Then I take a nootropic drug called Aneracetam, which switches <laughs> which switches my brain on. It gives me clearer thinking. It's one of the it's one of the info wars. His <laughs> first thought is like, I gotta stop fist bumping these filthy. It puns. helps. It helps me not say the ad word throughout the day. <laughs> it's it's my gaming supplement <laughs> yeah. for gains. Um, 
I'd like to talk about my favorite Italian. No, my third or so favorite Italian American right okay. now. Who are the right top now two? in the current league tables, it's subject to change uh, at Jay- the time of going to press. Well, uh, James Gandolfini, R.I.P. Obviously, the number well, one. The number does, one. Does he count if he's dead? Yeah, too, too because his work lives on. on. Okay. Yeah. You know, James Gandolfini as Tony Soprano. Italian Americans don't ever really die, right? <laughs> yeah. No, they <laughs> they're Highlanders. They just go up to the Satriali's meat store in the sky. Um, number two is still Anthony Scaramucci because of his great Twitter presence. The match. Mm. And, and number three is Mike the Situation Sorrentino from Jersey Shore. I feel like you're forgetting Bam Margera's entire family, but okay. Oh, they're Italian as well. Of course they are. How would I not even put two and two together on that? Of course they're Italian-American. I feel like, I'm like this all 90% makes so much more that. sense now. When I, when well, I, yeah, their name's Margera and one of them's called Vito. Yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah, Although one of them's called Italian. Bam, which is quite misleading. Yeah. When I look at Bam Margera, I, I don't see race. I don't see definitely Bam. Margera. <laughs> look, I just, I just see an idea. Bam... <laughs> Margera has faced a lot of racism. No, you're doing it as well. It's Margera. (laughs) Okay. So I've decided I wanted to juxtapose two of my favorite Instagram posters who both are in a little bit of hot water right now. And that is Mike the Situation Sorrentino from Jersey Shore, third favorite Italian-American. Mm. And um, Caroline Calloway, a friend of Milo, well, acquaintance of Milo from Cambridge. That's getting a lot of violence to the word friend. That's uh, it's twisting, twisting the word friend uh, into meanings it was not supposed to have originally. Um, uh, because bo- both of these people, uh, at the same time, have, let's say, fallen into some measure of hot water. Um, and both have been really relentlessly posting through it. How many milliliters? We couldn't say exactly, but some, some undefined quantity. Enough for a hungry shark to swim in. <laughs> <laughs> and therein lies the problem, Joel. Therein lies the problem. <laughs> so, Mike, the situation, Sorrentino, is required to check himself into prison um, a couple days ago on Tuesday, January 15th. And he actually live-streamed himself doing it uh, in order to begin his eight-month sentence for tax evasion, which is hand to him in October. Um, now, with just a few days before the sentence begins... Yes, Joel, you have a question? How the like? Can you fucking explain how you could check yourself into prison? Like how you could do that in America, where you're just like, well, I, I don't know. I fancy a bit of prison today. <laughs> Why not? Can I do a month here, then maybe a month off? Like how? Yeah. How the fuck is that assisted? You realise that you're, you know, your lifestyle's gone out of control, and you're actually addicted to freedom, <laughs> and so you voluntarily check yourself into prison rehab. Um. So what happened was he was convicted for tax evasion. He was sentenced to prison. And then in America, you quite frequently get given the option of checking into prison now or checking into prison in a few months. Why? Okay. I don't know. I shrugged. Yeah, to yeah. I shrugged in this audio media. I've got, I've got some important YouTube videos I need to finish before I go to jail. <laughs> um, before I qualify as a lawyer. The situation. I've got to learn karate before I go to prison. <laughs> okay, that's just a Rob Schneider film. <laughs> Is it? Probably learning karate for prison. No, no, oh. there is a there is a film which kind of like follows. It was like one of these really bad films, but it was about a guy who's just like, yeah, I'm gonna go to prison in a few months, so I have to learn how to fight. And then he becomes friends with this like old, like old time, like you know, stereotypical like guy who's always in jail. Yeah, DJ Polly D. And the guy's just mm. like, yeah, fuck it, I'll teach you how to fight. Um, I don't know where the film goes after that. Juice but... Bigelow three, prison gigolo. <laughs> 
the situation has been indulging in a few of his... He's being paid 12 cents an hour. <laughs> ...has been indulging in a few of his favorite things, including Funfetti Cake and Chick-fil-A, with where he shared a series of heartfelt Instagram posts. Oh, Like, what, what, what have... Because how long is he doing prison for? Eight months. Like, come on. Yeah. Like, that's... That's crap prison. And I do say internship. that it's nothing. <laughs> and also, it's it's right between like it's the amount of prison you do. Where when you come out of prison, you tell people you've been in prison. They're like, oh, like hell, that sounds gnarly. Like just long enough to miss sex and wine, but also not long enough for when you go into prison. They're like, how long you been for? Is that? Like, oh, I checked myself in. Fancy the quick eight months. So like, mm, let's beat the shit out of you with a toothbrush. <laughs> it's one of those like prison sentences where you can start a Netflix series and when you come back to it, you won't really forget that much. Yeah, they'll still save your like time. And yeah, everything. there hasn't even been a new season of it yet. Right, You're right. Like, oh, oh, okay. Still got queer eye to catch up on. Okay, no. This guy, my cellmate, uh, he started committing violence against me, sir, when I just tried to explain him about the best program ever made, Viva La Bam. (laughs) (laughs) He's whacking it on the top bunk to Viva La Bam. (laughs) The greatest eroticism (laughs) ever produced. no respect. (laughs) No respect for Don Vito. Don Vito and the whole Margaret family. (laughs) Uh, Nate, can you please link a video of Don Vito trying to talk in the description of this episode? Nate, I don't know you, but can you check Don Vito's alive? <laughs> He's dead. He's dead. Is he dead? He's is he dead. a write-off? No, stop, stop. Don Vito's <laughs> already dead. <laughs> Unfortunately, Don Vito is dead. Okay. but Did he, he go was, to prison first? Um, He was... <laughs> he check himself in because he knew he was going to die. <laughs> He's check yourself in or die. Welcome to America. You got two <laughs> options: he prison was, or death. He was a, yeah. he was charged with some Jeffrey Epstein style inappropriateness. Um, I don't know. Don if he, doesn't own a plane. <laughs> I don't know if he died in prison. Who among us has not owned a plane? Now, here's who we're comparing. Don Vito thinks we're buying him a plane? (laughs) (laughs) Don Vito is actually just a massive hanger full of angry bees. This is going to (laughs) be fucking hilarious. So, Caroline Calloway, uh, actually known personally, not only uh, to host Milo, but friend of the pod, Martha. Close personal friend. um, Is has also recently found herself in some hot water as uh, an Instagram influencer as and, and self-styled storyteller when she began the first of what was supposed to be a national tour of, quote, creativity workshops kicking off in New York City. But then, after charging attendees $165 a ticket for a four-hour workshop about being yourself, um, announced that she would be canceling several dates, moving, th- moving them from their original locations, and then just outright canceling them all. Um, yeah. Just trying to teach people how to be a real person. Yeah. So shout out to this story uh, for this story to Kaylee Donaldson, I think it was, who's a yes. journalist who broke Indeed. this. Um, and I like so I don't I didn't actually follow Kaylee before this, but um, some uh, another friend of the show, uh, Nikki Sage, who also met Caroline Calloway on more than one occasion, texted it to me like, "OMG, she's back." Um, and uh, I kind of it was a bittersweet moment being reminded of the existence of Caroline Calloway because to be honest she's someone we'd all rather forget Um, but like yeah so I met this person at Cambridge uh, when she was she so basically she's like 
I don't know where to begin with Caroline Calloway. So she was my age, but I was a third year and she was a first year because she'd spent two years applying, as I understand, to like Oxford, Cambridge, Harvard and Yale. And on like something like the third attempt she got in. Um, and she was at, uh, well, actually, no, that's two into Nissan. So yeah, stubbornness um, pays off. That's I the know. first lesson we take. Exactly. That's the first lesson for the workshop. Um, Instagram lesson. Yeah, yeah, that's great. I learned the same thing from like, Mike the Situation Sorrentino. Well, yeah. Keep trying and you will go to prison. <laughs> <laughs> you check yourself into prison. Don't check let your whole prison family check in you prison. in. <laughs> you show that prison who's boss. He's just like misinterpreted that whole thing about like the beat up the biggest guy in there on the first day. He's like half read it while asleep and it's like, oh uh, yeah, you just got to show the prison who's boss. You got <laughs> to get to prison in. to beat up the biggest guy in prison. Prison's like a wild animal, like a hungry yeah. shark. You got to show it. I drove it. myself to prison, but then I didn't pay for the parking. And when I got out of prison, I hadn't paid the parking tickets for my car outside the prison. Then I went back to prison for parking tickets. It's the fucking system, man. (laughs) So Caroline. Right, Caroline, yeah. Uh, So I met her because she had uh, a a brief and ill-fated stand-up comedy career, which I believe believe lasted for one gig. Um, (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that face is correct. For the listener, Joel is making the soy face right now about how pleased he is at this fact. Yeah. Did you see it happen? Oh, yeah, I was there. I was what? present. Do you remember any of the jokes? Do you remember the uh, vibe? I do remember one key. Well, the context of this, it was like a Footlight show uh, that I was at, and she seemed kind of nervous. And so, like, me and someone else were, like, just, like, calming her down a bit. Um, and then she did, like, it was three minutes, because the slots were all three minutes, um, about her, like, weird six months that she spent in Italy hanging out with these, like, Italian aristocrats. <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious. And, any, and then the Italian relatable. agent said, what do you call it? And she said, the Italian aristocrats. No, anyway. Um, <laughs> it was it was just, it was just uh, like, her spending an afternoon with Bam Margera. And his family. Italian, yeah. She doesn't realise she was in Westchester, Pennsylvania. <laughs> <laughs> the whole Caroline time. thinks she's an Instagram influencer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it would be so realistic if this was a hit with a flower crowd. <laughs> okay, please go on. <laughs> Caroline thinks we bought her a new gold iPhone to post on Instagram, but it's just a case full of bees. It's gonna be wild. Um, it's three o'clock in the morning. Caroline thinks she's at an Italian aristocratic party, but it's actually just Don Vito and some hamburgers. <laughs> Um, uh, yes. So, uh, good, fine, normal. Um, so it was a, (laughs) it was a footlight show. Uh, me and another guy were like calming her down, got chatting and, uh, she, she did the stamp set about like her thing in Italy, which was like, it was like not very good, but it was like well delivered because she's quite like a polished, and the crowds at those things are really nice. So like it went down like, okay. But I remember that the key joke of the whole set was that, she thought the Italian word for cool is refrigo, which is actually the Italian word for refrigerator. And so she kept saying refrigerator when she meant to say cool. And that was basically the entire premise of the set. Damn, and it was Bill just Hicks. that in different situations. Bill Hicks over here. I, I know. If, if George Carlin were alive now, he'd be like, damn. Like, um, is, um, the 730 words you can't say on TV? No. The one word you can't say as a filler word when talking to Italian aristocrats. Uh, yeah. Uh, when would you like me to tell my other key Caroline stories? I, I have do, three top Caroline stories. Can I do the one that Martha sent in first? Also, okay. it should be noted that this girl is American. She did also, I think, if I'm not stepping on one of yours, say to you that she's from New York, so she's automatically interesting. 
yeah, I believe I think was the exact quote was, uh, sometimes I get a little bit insecure, but then I remember that I'm from New York, so I'm automatically interesting. Right. Um, so Beautiful. what I'm going to say what she actually did was uh, that basically after cultivating a following of like a million, we all know how Mike the Situation Sorrentino got famous, but after cultivating a following of like a million people on Instagram due to like sort of whimsically sort of just sort of stumbling about Cambridge and taking pictures of some castles with some filters and then posting some captions. Um, uh, she put on this workshop and this is the workshop that this person put on the person who thought that the height of comedy was to say refrigerator um, creativity, how to cultivate it, how to nurture it, how to express it in a way that's true to he- who you are inside the basics of establishing style, crafting jokes, reading like a writer and how to balance entertaining your audience with expressing yourself. Wait, she's like Garth Marenghi. I'm actually the only person who's written more books than I've read. <laughs> 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 build a brand on instagram using my brand as a case study and explaining how i conceptualized how i grew it and why it works actually i retract that joke because i've just remembered that rather famously caroline calloway has written zero books <laughs> despite she, being paid to write exactly one book she was offered a half a million dollar advance to write a book and then just and she took it she took it but then crucially didn't got that she needed to write a forgot book forgot to write the book and then tried to spin it as like a creative decision not to write a book because actually the real writing a book when you think about it is in not writing a book <laughs> yes Jess it's all about the books you don't write Joel yeah um and so in this life you only regret the books you do write <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather have one book I didn't write than uh, the joke doesn't work yeah. <laughs> so this this is what this is what friend of the show uh, Martha sent to me via DM she once flooded the room of the guy who lived below her, a classic private school rugby lad. She then Snapchat recorded herself whimsically running around Cambridge Meadows, collecting him a bunch of wildflowers tied together with a ribbon and handing to them as an apology for destroying all his stuff. And knowing now that what college this happened at and knowing that it's described as a classic private school rugby lad, I can almost imagine what this person is like one of five people. Um, <laughs> and I can imagine that his response was like, yeah, to be fair, Catherine, it was classic bunter. Like, <laughs> and so I think... Catherine? Her name's Catherine, Caroline. Caroline. So the thing is, she has a bunch of, of, of events. She charges a bunch of people $165 to go. It appears to just be nothing. Uh, a, a lesson about being true to yourself like it appears to be the kind of lesson that you'd learn from like Lil Xan and Faze Banks um, and but she just like is so astonishingly rich that it's unconscionable to her that she could have an idea and just have it not work and then see herself covered in praise she's basically like a Mr. Magoo but when with about like confidence in your own loveliness well here's the thing mm. if she did it right she would have got away with it that's like the crucial thing of it. Like, it all, it's, when this whole thing was unfolded, it was classic, like, that tweet was like, Twitter has a main character every day. It's your job not to be it. And she was it that day. <laughs> I was like, oh, who's this person? And then, like, 30 minutes later, I was like, well, now I know everything about her life. <laughs> I have done zero work. I've got 1,500 tabs open. I now know everything about her life. It's like, okay. Yeah. If she didn't fuck up, so consistently because that's kind of what the story is because fucking it's america and she has eight hundred thousand instagram followers she could feasibly just do a bullshit e-workshop and charge 165 dollars 
And if she did it right, get away with it. But because she kept fucking up, like she was like, uh, like halfway through the day, like doing one day of planning. You know that thing where you have to do revision and you just do a really big planner and then you sit back and go like, oh my God, I'm too pooped to revise now. She kind of yeah. did that, but like sat back from like, she looked at a map and picked three cities. And then like sat back and went like, oh my God, I got to double the ticket prices. Like every single choice was just like, well, like, I've tried to do the work I said I'd do it sucks ass I can't be asked um, can everyone come to New York and hang out with me and I'll ladle hummus into your mouth <laughs> and from there because she just kept fucking it and fucking it so the original workshop if she delivered that like hey three one hour of coffee with the gals I'm not going to be there I will not talk to you or make eye contact with you three hours of inspirational chat which you could feasibly bullshit and sell to the kind of people who already follow her anyway because her Instagram stories are just like they're like I love them because they're like throwback twee they're like old old school Twitter twee they're like 2012 era twee and it's like Okay, if you can still shovel that bullshit into people's mouths, go yeah. crazy. Like let She you. was doing it in 2012 and she hasn't changed it at all. It's yeah. just the same. Oh, no. She is like peak adult journaler. Like oh, the people who make journals are like, I fucking love that bitch. That's why I, that's why like I I don't think I don't when I look at Caroline Calloway or people like her, I'm not like, oh you fuck you. Nah. I'm like, no, like you're actually like just expressing yourself. Yeah. It's just you're also like world historically stupid. Basically, like it, it was just a series of fuck ups. I was just watching it again. This is someone who just keeps fucking up, and then like you, you like a, a boxer has extended a fist, and you keep running into it. <laughs> like, oh god, this hurts. Get up, so, go again. Like, uh, listen, no one gets a flower crown, but you get to put a flower briefly behind your ear. Take a photo with me in a photo booth. We'll have a very private moment together hand the flower back move on like <laughs> all the promises kept downgrading like i will hand make you salads and then halfway through the first salad like guys i'm not sure i can do all these salads can you pack a lunch there will be is a barrel a of leaves can you bring it's a all lunch to new york <laughs> making salad is hard like the whole- <laughs> and if she just got away with it if she just fucking did what she said no one would have known the whole the whole hell thread yeah. wouldn't have happened yeah, yeah no yeah. one would have cared because basically I saw her when, if she did this, it would have been like, you know how you have Vogue and then Teen Vogue? It's like Goop and then Teen Goop. <laughs> She's just gone, okay, well, these are, the Goop people don't quite have the money for Goop yet. Mm. I'll get them while they're young. <laughs> get them good and young. Squeeze them for $165 and then keep, keep milking them. Oh, yeah. I thought I could make salad because I make salad every day, but then someone pointed out to me that making salad for 100 people entails making a lot more salad than making salad for one person. And to be honest, guys, this is all very stressful. You know, you know, that's, yes, yeah, that literally is one of her Instagram stories. Yeah. Oh, my God. I didn't know how hard it was going to be to make this many salads. I hope you can all support me. That was the thing as well. Like you, you, I've made uh, one salad before. It went fine. I've yeah. never tried to make a hundred. I think it'd go badly. But like, it, it was the running commentary like, fuck, Jesus, have you guys ever tried to throw a fucking event? <laughs> Jesus, this is hard as fuck. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, hang on. Like, no effort to pretend this, this game. <laughs> now, I'm, I'm going to quickly jump back to our, our other person with a very similar mindset, the situation. Uh, on uh, Thursday, he shared a picture from him and his wife Lauren's wedding day that showed them kissing on the dance floor. He wrote in a quote-unquote poetic caption, Why give up everything for one thing when you can give up one thing and get everything? Yeah, give up your tax money, you know? <laughs> 
Also, it's eight, it's eight fucking months. You'll be back for the next anniversary. Grow up. I'm sick of you. Your muling situation. <laughs> go to prison. <laughs> go, go to fucking jail situation. Go to, go to jail. How dare you? Uh, also, Yo, he was I'm just here to say that I've never passed go. He was also continuing to promote what I can only assume to be his clothing brand, which is acronym titled BDS. What does that stand for? I don't know. Isn't, isn't there a K-pop group Big called BDS? I don't think it's boycott divestment sanctions. <laughs> <laughs> Unless the situation is like way cooler than I thought. Um, I don't know. It's and. My one of my but my favorite situation post is when he and Lauren stop by a barber shop uh, that he he frequents, um, and then he gotta get shaped up for prison. <laughs> they don't respect you. He held on yeah. to a, he held onto a cardboard box alongside the shop owner and his wife, and then he posted and again before voluntarily going to jail for tax evasion. The things I used to trip over, I step over today. What does that mean? I think it's thanks an- to my personal trainer, Jason Statham. I think. I, I think it's it's about personal growth, but it's not about personal growth in any direction. It's about personal growth qua personal growth. Like a tumor. Yeah, it's in all my losses was lessons, so I better keep taking losses so I can get better lessons. Oh, lo- being a loser is mm. good. I like it. It's yeah. a little flip. Question. How many Instagram followers does he have? Uh, let's find out. You could approximate it. I don't need a precise number. I actually have... I, I think it's more than Caroline Calloway. Uh oh! Whoa! Okay. Yeah, she doesn't actually have that many. She, she has like less than a prison workshop. He, she has eight hundred thousand. Come on. You should yeah. teach. She should. Te- she should no, teach. Like- it, I mean, in the context of some of these nutcases, she doesn't have that many. Like some people have a, like like Jake Paul dwarfs Caroline Calloway. Yeah. yeah okay. Uh, oh, probably also in real life as well. So no, well, she is small. She is small. And he seems like she's a like, big she's man. She's like five two. She's not big. One point eight. One point eight million for the situation. So here's my question. Right. Can he still do Sponcon when he's in prison? Because they probably Whoa. have enough archive photos of him, like, topless and flexing left, next to something. They could Photoshop a vest onto him. Like, did they do a photo shoot with a load of blank vests and be like, if Mike was here, <laughs> he would say, this is the best protein powder. That would require such a, more, a higher level of planning than either the situation or Caroline Calloway are capable Mike. of engaging but this in. Is Mike's our, eating this is waffles income. made of sawdust in prison right now. <laughs> <laughs> and he endorses the hell out of them. Yeah. He's the just best sawdust prison waffle fit. I ever had in my life. Oh, no, he's going to release a prison fitness program when he comes out. Oh, of course he he's is. He's going to be like the Instagram Charlie Bronson. <laughs> he's going to do a workshop. Um, pose with him, make, make some wine in a toilet. You know, actually, trade tins of sardines, get that, in a fight. That should be our next campaign is get Charlie Bronson an Instagram account in prison. Like successfully take it to Strasbourg that it is his human right to be on Instagram from prison because I would follow the shit out of that. Like the world record egg. <laughs> Can we get this photo of Charlie Bronson covered in his own shit on and fighting prison guards? <laughs> I love that, like, genuinely a thing Charlie Bronson used to do before getting in a massive fight in prison was to grease himself up because then he'd be harder to catch. Interestingly. It's like the hardest thing anyone's ever done in it. That's the most hard man thing. That's such a level of planning of violence. (laughs) You've got to be a complete psychopath for that to be a psychological place you'd go to. There'll be violence, but I don't want them grabbing me. (laughs) When the violence happens, I want to be a slippery boy. Interestingly, before she puts, before he goes to, before he evades taxes, and before she puts on a creativity workshop, both the situation and Caroline Calloway also do grease themselves up, so they're much more difficult to sort of follow. 
So we've decided between Mike the Situation Sorrentino and Caroline Calloway, who's one Instagram. I think we can all agree it's probably Caroline Calloway because she's using it to do fully automated luxury space communism, but like for people who are really dumb. Similarly to the Soviet Union. Also, also she's free. She's won because she's free. She's not in prison. By default, she wins. I mean, she may be in a prison of her own making, but that's more conceptual. But her her losses weren't lessons. That's the problem. That's the the issue, is is the situation's (laughs) losses were all lessons. She has refused to learn from any of them. It is actually it is actually Soviet communism because it's really badly organized. There were food shortages. <laughs> <laughs> like in the end, it's completely collapsed. So, but I want to move on slightly um, to the issue of landlords because your new book, which uh, I'm going to say, brilliant times five. Yeah, B five. B five is the way we tend to call it because yeah. it really is our sake to say. Yeah. Quite, quite the name goes through quite a bit of your sort of like experiences in general throughout your life. But so one of the things that, that you write about is the phenomenon of the landlord and more specifically through how this sort of came to you through the, the London, London rental opportunity of the week. Yeah. Um, your most recent one is uh, one that I actually found very interesting because it seemed to be three identical flats or near identical enough all of which seemed to have prices that were radically different from one another but that were like in the same building in south kensington yeah down the same corridor like the same layout the same rooms but they were all rented through different property agents so they had different prices because that's what the property agents decided it was worth yeah and all of them were a slightly sort of long corridor shaped room and a bit of kitchen and then like a bunk bed above it and then a ladder. And so they were all the same room, but the difference was like £301 from like the lowest rung of the ladder to your bunk bed <laughs> to the, the top one. But they were just the same room. So one of the sort of grand unified theories of the London rental opportunity of the week, because I'll admit this is, a, this is something I've followed sort of quite closely because I've spent the last well, many years of my life renting in London, which is a miserable experience. Um, quite a few of them uh, have a kitchen that appears to just be a, a hot plate or a microwave. Yep. A toilet that's barely segregated from the rest of the flat. Yep. Um, a bed that's somehow elevated on a hope and a prayer. Yep. Um, and a sitting room that has about as much leg room as an airline. Yeah, the sitting room sort of has to double or triple up as, as another room. Quite often, bathroom, hallway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's all one sort of space. And so, wait, what's with the London rental opportunity of the week? Like, what are the things I I I think like that this shows is just like the extent to which anyone will do anything to a house to make money from it. That's like the recurring theme, and the the kind of weird thing is, uh, the shitholes that I don't put on there okay. because basically like you know sourcing one of those is kind of finding one that is you know it, it ticks all the boxes it has oh it's got two hobs and a microwave or sometimes just a microwave like oh the kitchen's in the living room or something but there's plenty of places that are like that but actually kind of decked out in a way that's approaching nice which is kind of what the kensington ones were like this week what I tend to look for is an image where you can go, oh, fucking hell. Because quite often I will come across an image that sort of like hits me in the chest. And I'm like, <laughs> fuck 
me. Someone's trying to rent that. And not we even... Turn a bed set into cars in the band. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we put a ramp in there and take the kitchen out. Don Vito thinks he's getting a, a five-bedroom house, but actually he's going to be living on a shelf in Stoke Newington. <laughs> Come on, Don Vito could not fit into a single London rental opportunity also, of the week. Like, Fat Margera is Vito. going increasingly Jordan Peterson. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh Don Vito okay. needs to behave like a lobster if Look, he wishes to succeed. Let's all be honest. If there's one person who is vulnerable to falling for the charlatan <laughs> Jordan Peterson, it is Bam Margera, unable to skateboard, looking increasingly like his dad, and realizing that he has to stop being a teenager at the age of, like, 40. I think He's- it's the other way around. I think Bam Margera can be the one to defeat Peterson. If he doesn't tidy his room... Wait, that's Statham. I got all my wires. <laughs> is, is Bam Margera 40? Because the He's other like, day, I discovered, I discovered that Av- Av- me and my girlfriend were arguing about how old Avril Lavigne is, and I discovered that she's only 34. I am shook. How young was Avril Lavigne when Skater Boy came out? Original one or replacement one? Oh, like, yeah. yeah the, the, the Brazilian clone, right? Yeah. Mm, I don't know. So I presume the, I presume the age on Wikipedia is still the original one. Anyone can edit that. It's, yeah. it's, Dan Ninen's a millennial. Because the other one is still pretending to be Avril Lavigne. So she has to also pretend to be Avril Lavigne's age, right? I'm what? sorry? <laughs> the other Avril Lavigne. The other Avril Lavigne? Well, there's this theory that she died and was replaced by a clone. Oh, oh, oh. It's like a, it's like a early days oh. QAnon type thing. Okay. Oh, sorry. I didn't know it was a QAnon. I didn't know it was legit. <laughs> if you think about it, and in a very extremely Adam Curtis voice, it was the beginning of QAnon. <laughs> <laughs> then something weird happened. Here's a Carto five, just like it's like if a you group pl- of people in Beirut said, "See you later, boy." <laughs> if you play Skater Boy backwards, it's just Brian Eno. <laughs> you like you get the clip from like Memory TV of like some like Hamas leader saying, "See you later," and then that's when it starts. Okay, let's make that film one day. Um, so, but there's a there's a passage um, from your most recent London rental opportunity of the week that I want to highlight. Um, all of these are the same flat in the same building. Some are dressed ever so slightly better than others, but that's the only difference. But the rent that oscillates along the same corridor in the same building by three hundred four pounds per month. This is what your property agent is talking about when he turns up at your flat, share unannounced, twiddling a pen, asking you all to come out of your rooms and sit on the sofas while he tells you that the market rate means he'll have to raise the rent this month. And you've all got to sign a contract saying it's all right. That happens, right? That's happened to yeah. you, right? Oh, yeah. That's happened to me like on more than one occasion. I've had a flat once where the rent for the, all of us sharing it went up by 100%. 100%? That's mental. With what kind of warning? Uh, three months. Like an email or anything? Just like, hey. Email. They were like, hi, we've uh, looked at the, because uh, it was a three-year contract that I got into from Spare Room. It was your little Caroline Calloway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they promised me a we little garden. We put sticks in there. So, uh... yeah. And I was like, and there's not going to be salad, but you have to sign <laughs> this contract. Yeah, they were like, we think we can get £6,000 a month for this place. Holy shit. That's the thing. It's we think we can get. And that sort of spurs the whole market because quite often if you give them six to eight weeks to try, they can't. And that's the annoying thing because it's like a, a self-fulfilling prophecy. If they think they can get it, they can. Like that corridor will be, the particular corridor in Kensington will be filled and all of those will be filled and all the people, the person the highest will never go and knock on the door for lowest to be like, what rent are you paying for this shit? Or like, it won't be a factor at all because that will fill. That's the nature of the market. And that's, I mean, 
it's hard to say that's a problem undermining it because there's like a thousand problems at once. But like that's one of the reasons because people are desperate for housing and they'll take it. But also th- those particular Kensington ones are kind of an interesting one because obviously Kensington is Kensington. It's the West End of London. It's West Central. It's a glamorous place to live. It's aspirational. Quite often, what I found since we started doing this column, like the first few times we did it, we, I, <laughs> the the comments on Facebook and, and everything would be like, I could live there or like, it's technically cheap for what it is. Like, why are you ragging on this kind of shithole place with the shit microwave and stuff? Which is almost a point. Like, I, too, I do tend to veer away from like the very, very cheap places because if it is something where someone needs to live in London and they literally can't afford more than... 108 pounds per week and they have to live in a well they have to because of all the market forces that make this uh, a reality they have to live in a, in a shithole room where a sofa faces a bedroom and it's out in Collindale or whatever shit like that fine I'm not going to really rag on that but like when it's a middle of a range thing or or when it's a kind of flat where you go well you could just have a flat share with one other person and then have a separate kitchen from your bedroom something like that when it's at that price point that's the one that kind of gets to me the most because that's the one where it's it's people with jobs and they're earning money and they're trying to pay rent to live in this this city that's collapsing around us and then for whatever reason that's the place they end up on I think we like you've been called into a place where your rent got doubled like great have you ever in eight years of renting here like just kind of ended up in a place for a whole year because that's how long contracts end because you had like three days left to find a place and that was the best of a bad bunch like you didn't have the luxury of going well maybe i can take another couple of weeks to find the right place for me or the right you kind of go like well fuck okay because everything's gonna get put on the curb in two days if i don't fucking find a place i'm gonna end up in this place like i definitely have i don't know about you guys but like that's another part of the market like when you were that mid to low wedge suddenly desperation and urgency is completely different to someone that a slightly just one tier up in the rental ladder like the people who can afford like 800 900 above they're suddenly way more comfortable on their search because they're like okay well well i'm not gonna live in this shithole for 900 a month i'll I'll go find somewhere good i'll take another month but like when your landlord just sort of bin bags you and goes like it's either that or pay me 600 quid extra then you're suddenly put into living on a shelf and those sorry to keep fucking talking because i can see your face but the the kensington ones um those aren't really aimed at any of the people you know those are aimed at like guys who earn 120k plus and they live in some beautiful mansion in a in a real commuter town like two hour commuter town not one hour commuter and they just sort of go home for the weekend they have a family up there i once met a guy who lived in wales and commuted down to london and he lived in one of these like sort of you know bedsit places during the week because he was just working Monday, Friday here. All he used those spaces for was sleep, you know, maybe microwave something, but more or less he would be like, well, I'm earning enough money. To him, it was like a kind of shit hotel room, but slightly cheaper than just literally getting a hotel. So that's what those Kensington things are for. They're for rich guys who don't even live in the city and commute back out on the weekend. That's a whole problem all on itself because they're like, okay, well, 
okay, a thousand pounds a month, whatever. That means nothing to them, but everything to people who can't afford it. And then that's what drives the market up. And the whole thing, like, no, this is an original thought that I'm about to drop on you, but uh, top to bottom, it's absolutely fucked. And like the, the Kensington ones, they, they were indicative of so many things because not only had someone taken a house in Kensington, segmented the rooms they had into as, as thin little scraps as they could, put a little bunk bed in it and then rented it out via different property agents, they're going to win. They're going to come out winning from that. They're going to make three or four grand a month consistently for the next, their lifetime. That's it, done. I like so to chip in here with uh, uh, I lived in Russia for three years and uh, there are very few things I'll say is good about Russia because it is by and large spoiler alert terrible country um, but uh, like in Moscow the rental market is very expensive for Muscovites because like the average salary there is like 500 pounds a month or something like it's very low and so the average rent is something like probably two to three hundred so it's like a high percentage of salary basically um however it's like far more accessible to you if you have any money whatsoever because you can literally just show up to like a landlord's place and say like oh i want this place and give him like the deposit in an envelope and then just pay him cash rent every month and he doesn't bother you and like that's just how it works whereas like here trying to rent an apartment is like being vetted to work at mi5 or something it's like fucking like i'd never had to do it before and then i did it in um august and it's just like fucking insane. I have all these people who seem like bailiffs phoning me up, demanding to know what I earned last year. And I'm like, well, I'm actually self-employed, so it's quite complicated. And then like, I don't know, the whole thing just seems like it's completely structured to like crush people who aren't A, incredibly wealthy, and also B, like have incredibly conventional ways of earning the money that they do earn. Like if you're basically, if you're not in like a PAYE salary job, it's like an absolute fucking nightmare to try yeah, and get an yeah. apartment of any kind. Like when I'm detailing the landlords I've had, there was one where I nearly had it when I was first trying to rent in London. And they made so many calls, not just to me about my salary and my earning potential, but like to my boss that I was like, I'm pulling out of this already. Like my boss had three phone calls in one day and not even like missed calls. And they're like, oh, sorry, I didn't try and get you or anything like that. Like actual phone calls asking about like, my salary, how long I'd been working there. Like, I was a temp at the time. I'd just got to London. <laughs> I was doing it, like, I was getting paid on a weekly sheet I had to tick out. And he was like, he was a reasonable boss, but he was like, this landlady cannot be calling me and asking me your salary and, like, your performance at work and what the likelihood is that we're <laughs> going to give you a permanent job. Even I don't know that. And it was like, incredible. if she's been that much of a dickhead before I've even stepped foot in the place, I don't think getting a boiler fixed on well, her you've time. You've got to be, you've got to know the right Pakistani uncle who can, <laughs> who can let you place. Like, I'm being le- legit here. They're the guys who are like, you know, they'll accept cash in hand. Mm-hmm. Um, they won't like fix anything. Your walls will like be broken for a long time. And not, and he'll just be you know he he won't give a shit about it but it'll be super easy to yeah I you gotta I, know the right Pakistani uncle give me a call if you need some names Don Vito thinks he's a Pakistani <laughs> uncle <laughs> <laughs> actually he's just phoning up a temp agency a hundred times a day it's gonna be hilarious what this always sort of demonstrates to me right is that we we there is this ideology where we say okay we need to put stuff in private hands because private companies and private landlords that's going to be more efficient we're going to fix things better we're going to give people better living standards we're going to build more homes if we just privatize it private 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 but the what 
when your incentive is just to squeeze as much money out of a place as you possibly can, whether that's because you're a private landlord or because you're a company and you're obligated to give as much money as you can to your shareholders or to, let's be honest, the fucking like Duke of Grosvenor or the like, you know, royal, um, the, the, the crown estate or whatever, you're legally obligated to get as much money out of it as you can. If someone advises you, you have, if you could make the most money from this place by cutting it up into like human-sized pods for workers to go into comas for you know twelve hours at a time into, then they have a laser beam shone into their head. <laughs> <laughs> then they're legally obligated to do that. Well, yeah, right? and, I, I mean that's their motive. That's the thing; it works. Like I kind of have a begrudging respect for the landlords who who just take cash in hand and don't give a shit, don't fix anything because they like. They leave you the fuck alone. Yeah. The ones who don't fix anything but have a direct deposit and they're like, no, we're your property agents. We're improving this. And in six months' time, your rent goes up because we're a professional operation. They're way worse than the ones who are just like, you have a room, right? What the fuck more do you want? <laughs> <laughs> just give me the envelope and shut the fuck up. Like, that's... I kind of get... like, And I do get, you know, some landlords you know i'm not even gonna go close to a landlord apologizing like some like to think that they're small businesses and that they're very humble and that you saying bad stuff about them is like undermining their precious little business but like Come the fuck up. Some of them are like fucking Instagram people as well, right? <laughs> <laughs> but like, but like guys who like manage a few properties. I'm I'm being like legit here, right? There are guys who like like manage a few properties in London and. Um, they like set up Instagram accounts where they basically just like give business advice as they like you know sip martinis by the Thames while they're yeah. eating Chick Fil A. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Pictures at the top of a shark. It's like these are like your dad's properties, man. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> they, so, yeah. Like owning stuff isn't a fucking business. Like just like owning stuff and charging people to use it is like hardly like you just you just have things that other people don't have and you're charging people, them. People for wanted to rent to me. Like, people wanted to rent. Doing anything. People wanted to rent from me because I was inspirational and they were like. If yeah. I live, if I live, if I, li if I live in your premises, then I can achieve the same type of greatness. And I looked into his eyes and, and I said, son, you'll never be able to achieve the type of greatness that I attain, but you might come close. For my bath leaks, he's the guy I want fixing it. While, oh, I, go, while I go out and scoop some flowers for the guy downstairs, I want, I want this motherfucker. When there's a situation, who are you going to call? <laughs> the situation. Let, let, like, let's ask ourselves the question, right? Like, like legitimately, what has a landlord ever done that a property services company hired by a tenants organization couldn't do? Believed in himself. <laughs> <laughs> Gone to jail voluntarily. <laughs> Boycotted B&Q. That was my favorite one when they, they boycotted B&Q because B&Q donates to Shelter, which is like a racist anti-landlord organization. <laughs> right? There was a guy in my mentions when that one happened, and he, he was like adding landlord things and being like, guys, this is pretty bad optics. <laughs> like, landlords aren't thinking about optics. <laughs> They're not really thinking like, how do we get the good name of landlords out of the gutter we put it in? They're thinking... I can't believe they're helping those homeless fucks. <laughs> I am taking my B&Q business elsewhere. Well, excuse me, B&Q, we prefer the term people of land. <laughs> <laughs> we don't like landowners. We like the term land sharers. <laughs> they, give us a bit of, they give us a bit of their wage. Maybe it's more than 50%. And we, we give them a bit of 
temporarily. So I was uh, at a party at a mate's house in um, like Bermondsey a while back, and uh, well, I, yeah, okay, fine. Anyway, actually, it might not have been Bermondsey; it might have been Battersea. I don't remember. It was south of the river somewhere. Um, and uh, that's somehow worse. How's that worse? <laughs> How's that worse than the Cambridge Braggins? Some, some B place in South I London. Don't know, I don't yeah. know. Where the scum I liveth. Know. I never I never live E1. I don't I don't uh, anyway. Um and uh, and there was the neighbours kept making noise complaints about this party, which was objectively an extremely tame party. There was nothing noisy really going on, but like fine, if you want to complain about the noise, whatever. But they made like three separate noise complaints each time my mate goes out and apologizes and says they'll turn it down, which they did. Sam three times. Third time. The, the woman who lives in the house next door says to him, yeah, well, let's be honest, you rent and we own, so. <gasps> and I was like, never has someone lost the upper hand in a discussion so fast. And he was like, I was so shocked. I didn't know what to say. I was like, why did you not come and get me? I would have had so much fun trolling this woman for the next seven hours. You could you just plug a mic into the speakers and turn it up and you control her against her will. Yeah. Well, that's when, that's when I would have, with the trolling, gone really sincere and just gone... I can't believe you would say that. That's such an incredibly classist thing to say. Oh, and, no, just like, and just really push them to the limit. I, I would have gone the other way. I would have said, oh my God, you should have said something. Oh my, you I, saved up that deposit? <gasps> I'll turn you, it down. You or or your parents saved up that deposit? Oh my God. Why didn't you tell me? Okay, so that's funnier to us, but it doesn't get under their skin as much because that just confirms their suspicion that you're a dickhead. right? That like makes them feel like they're right. That's why, you see, I'm the joker here. I'm the one who's really pushing their emotional limits. <laughs> the, the only thing you could do, though, is, is you just go, okay, I'm going to bring the price of your property down. You, like, break every window around their house. Like, no- or you break all your own windows. How do you like that? That's the huh? bane option. Yeah? <laughs> you, gr- you start tagging the front of your own house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, how's your house price now, dickhead? Huh? Oh, yeah. when's your mortgage coming up for renewal? Because the bank's going to want to look at your flat again. <laughs> I'm going to build See a minaret out of my bedroom window. See how you like that? So I think that's the official Trash Future anti-landlord praxis. Vandalize your own house to Fuck bring down the value of other houses in your vicinity. And then Add maybe, the value of your own house, then your rent goes down. Yeah. It's and simple. Then, and then maybe we can make it so that people can actually live in London again. Yeah. And it won't be a garish playground for management consultants. And um, a sort of cash cow for landlords. Yeah, we'll bring back uh, the Elon Pie houses, the Fuck violence. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Ruin your landlord's house. Ruin your whole street's houses. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take this opportunity to say, Joel, thank you so much for coming in yeah, to the, uh, the guy me. household today. No, thank you for um, Had a great time. You've I, handled it extremely well. Can I, just, can I just say, like, please buy the book. Please, God. Please buy the book. I work really hard on the book. Please buy the book and if you somehow like my voice there is an audio book it took me three days to record you can just listen to me read the book out but please fucking buy the book buy the book yeah. buy the book that's the, the main message we're going with the official with. position is is buy the book an audio book is, is like a yeah. podcast but with one person yeah, yeah. that's not it good it's way it? more on topic yeah yeah <sighs> it's, it's fully scripted i think yeah and no one takes like a pee like halfway through no, no well no, no. they edit it out if you do interesting yeah, you need, you need no, to buy the book. I've never experienced this before. <laughs> you need to buy the book because Joel has exactly eight months to get the situation's money together before, <laughs> or he'll get evicted. Um, Joel thinks he's written a book, <laughs> but actually, he's about to get slapped with a fish. Um, 
Additionally, <laughs> just gave him a shitload of ludes and he thinks he wrote a book. <laughs> when he opens this book, it's full of bees. <laughs> it's fucking hilarious. And he's on a ramp. <laughs> so, we also have a live show on the 21st of February. That's the first time I've ever gotten that right with Josie Long. It's at uh, the Star of Kings in King's Cross. Tickets are going to be linked to the description. They are. And also, if you like this show for some reason, you can subscribe to our Patreon. It's five bucks a month. You get a second episode, uh, which also is good, apparently. It's exactly as good as this one. (laughs) That's what we'll say about that. That... that and sometimes it's sometimes I like talk to serious authors about like left politics. Yeah, serious. Most of the time you don't. <laughs> Today we were talking to an author, <laughs> or so he thinks. Um, uh, also, and he thinks he's on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we're just like all like Johnny you Knoxville. Roll, you roll somehow, Don Vito. <laughs> <laughs> the greatest and most specific <laughs> prank ever pulled. Joel, Joel, what have I told you about going on your father's podcast? <laughs> yeah, come on, Don Vito, be, Joel, what I tell you about going on your father's podcast? <laughs> no, no, I was doing April. I was doing April. Oh, okay. April's the one who scolds. Yeah. The other, Don Vito <laughs> and, and, and Phil just furious. get angry. You got a book? What are you a book? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, the levels, the levels. Um, also, on the on the thirty first of January, on on the thirty first of January this month, the first month of twenty nineteen, Milo thinks he's having a preview of his Edinburgh show, but is he really? Come and find out. It's at the Segfried on Thursday, the thirty first of January at eight pm. You can sign up for tickets at the link in the description. Jordan Peterson, Peterson might oh, be. Are you, are you doing a show with Josie Long too? Uh yeah, that's on the thirteenth of Feb, which is the next smoke after my preview. There's so, so much Josie Long content with you can so invite much. through the us. The tickets are also live for the Josie Long one. It's more important that you come to my preview because I'm confident the Josie Long tickets will sell. Um, <laughs> Nate, edit that as you please. Yeah. Uh, and finally, also do buy tickets for the Josie Long one as well because it'll also I, be. I good. have no updates other yeah. than I don't know. Uh, Yu-Gi-Oh is a race now. Um, I don't know. Are you, I, Hussein I, thinks he has no one. <laughs> are you feeling like White Don Vito? I, I I just I just keep thinking about the Irish in the pyramids. That's all I think about now. Fuck's like sake. there are just days when I just think to myself, "Shit, the Irish really did build, Man, build the Sphinx." Like the way the Man. Irish built the first Qing dynasty, I thought was really inspiring. Story, when the Irish Mongol hordes rode oh, across yeah. Central Asia, I do, I do, the, the I, Qing Dynasty I, sounds like a slur. It's a real one. I do. I do have an announcement, which is that I am going to be joining Tortoise soon, and as an investigative reporter, and my first investigative report will be about um, Jeremy Corbyn's secret meeting of Six Nine. Jeremy Corbyn thinks he's meeting Six Nine. <laughs> very, very, very. It's just fe- Don Vito. It's Don Vito in rainbow dress. It's just Don Vito saying the N word. Holy shit! If okay, if Six Nine could somehow be on the grave, hire Don Vito. Wait, Six Nine's be... alive, isn't he? No, Don Vito's dead. Oh no, okay, I was gonna say. It's like, isn't it? It's only XXS Tentacion that's dead. Right. Here's the thing. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> no, no more of this. We're gonna talk about the rest of this in private. However, our theme song is uh, Jinsang by Jinsang. It's called Here We Go. You can find it on Spotify. It's very good. Buy our books, come to our events, enjoy our content. Goodbye forever. You think you're listening to our content?